And here we go. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. Brought to you, as always, by our good friends at the Holy Grail. Make sure you stop down, get yourself some food, get yourself some cold beverages next time you're downtown. Uh, We popped in over the weekend uh, when they had the little fundraiser on Friday night. Kelly had a couple drinks, said hello to the basketball staff and all the TBT guys that were showing up. Good times. So uh, make sure you get yourself down to the Holy Grail. Dave, I think I've got a new menu item for the Holy Grail. Uh, What's that? Soul rolls. Fill everybody in on a soul roll. Because as of like 10, 20 minutes ago, I was unfamiliar. So I'm sure I'm not the only one. Now I've had one. I'm a little bit more familiar. So I found this. I was um, trying to figure out something to grab for lunch today uh, before before I went to the Peach Jam. And checked out Yelp, you know. And this place that's like seven minutes away was five stars with 318 people that have rated it. And I was like, huh, I bet that place is pretty good. So I went there and they're they're known for their cheesesteaks. So had to get a cheesesteak, right? Yes. Cheesesteak and fries. And their sweet tea, Dave, they give you in one of these. Okay. I mean, I don't drink that dirty water, but whatever. Well, they had Kool-Aid too. Yeah. I almost got Kool-Aid tonight. That looks like something that if you got pulled over, you'd have to go through a field sobriety test. <laughs> yeah, right. my, this, this is my uh, my homemade whiskey, officer. <laughs> I just, like, they handed me the bag of food, and then they handed me this giant thing sweet tea out the window. I, I don't normally interrupt you when you go on your opening monologue, but, I mean, that was, I had to come in on that, like. And the sweet tea is amazing. Sure. It comes in something like this. (laughs) Anyhow, so top, maybe top three cheesesteak I've ever had in my life. And the fries were incredible as well. So I was like, well, I'm not going to be here. Like I leave Friday. So I have to eat at this place again before I leave. So I went back for dinner tonight uh, and I got their, their, I got a small order of chicken wings that were lemon pepper buffalo. That sounds weird. Yeah. It was really good. Don't do the lemon pepper. It wasn't real heavy lemon pepper, but it, it, but the buffalo, you know, the buffalo obviously changed the flavor. It was really good. Uh, But then I got the soul rolls and I got the jerk chicken soul rolls. So essentially what they are is like a, a wonton filled with jerk chicken and cheese and then fried, lightly fried. And they just give you a dipping oh, sauce. Like the Holy Grail's. Like the Ruben, Ruben Wonton. Yeah. So it's something different in them. Right. So there we need go. to expand on the Ruben Wontons and get into some other stuff. But like it's a, a, a wonton section of the menu. Right. I think you could expand it and do, fried like, one, do like a cheeseburger, fried wonton. Cheesesteak, like... cheeseburger. They had regular chicken. They had smoked turkey. Yeah. It was it was pretty. I good. think that market is uh, is available to. Uh, to marker market on that. Yeah. So that's just my my food take from here in Augusta. Hey, they they have overtaken you? Gary's Burgers for like the last twelve years. Gary's Burgers has been my go to spot in Augusta, and I had it yesterday, and it's delicious. Don't get me wrong, uh, and I ate every bit of it and all the fries, which I don't normally do. Um, 
but yeah so yeah you called me and asked me if, if you should eat it again and i was like well is the other option going to be better probably no, not it wasn't so yeah eat it again and i've got a soul roll and two chicken wings and some fries in my fridge just smuggle those into the jam tomorrow and you're all set. No, I've got a kitchenette. I've got a stove. No, and, no, uh, but you bring them in to eat while you're just eat some wings on the sideline while you're watching basketball. I'll probably just <laughs> eat it tonight in a little while. How great would that be if you just like pulled a Ziploc baggie out of your pocket with some chicken wings? It's like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just going to eat these wings right here while I watch these guys hoop. Like, yeah. There are a few, few things that like if someone pulled out food-wise that you would like I would laugh harder than like chicken wings are just such a like a what why do you why, why are you what are you doing why are there chicken wings in your backpack and why do you have ranch yeah <laughs> I mean, you gotta have something to dip them in right right oh all right well now we've let some people i, I like to do the little opening monologues so we can let some people uh filter into the, the the show you mean they're not in like a vip queue waiting for us to allow them to join you know just because they they're they cannot wait to hear what we have to say uh not typically no <laughs> there are a few that get here early we do we do have our uh, loyalists that's for sure yeah there are a few that get here early and wait for us to start and so. we appreciate you greatly we do I got, I got, I had somebody reach out to me today about something that I'll have to talk to you about off the air. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, hold on. Let me get this up on Twitter. I've, I've been working on a couple podcast guests. Had, had one for, you know, tried to get one tonight. He was up, had another podcast but he is in the uh he's in the queue if we need him okay and sent a note to someone else looking for yeah maybe first couple weeks of august so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty dave what do we got seven well i know the bengals sent did the bengals send out a tweet that it's like 50 or no adam schefter sent out a tweet that it was 50 days to the Thursday night game. The Thursday night game. So that is. So 45 days, basically. Yeah. So basically, like, yeah, under 50 days. Uh, no, not Stephen Godfrey. I, I have not heard back from him. And we know you've reached out to him. I have. He loves did, Stephen Godfrey more than I you. I did the other day. Stephen Godfrey's wife does not love him more he, than he, you. He's a, a bit, he's a busy man lately. Aren't we all? Um, a lot to get to today. We're gonna we're gonna you know talking season is upon us. So there's been a lot it. of talking this week. <laughs> Media days, talking season. Uh, there's been a lot of talking this week. Uh, so we have a, a realignment expert. We might as well put him to good use. You so want to bring you want to bring bring him in. Yeah, realignment expert, everybody, David Simone. Welcome hey, to the show, Dave. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you. It's been hey, a couple glad, weeks. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you know, if, if, if realignment's happening, you're our guy. So hey, I know just as much as all these other people talking about it. That's why you're our expert. <laughs> Dustin Williams even pointed that out on Twitter the other day. That's right. Calls you realignment expert, David Simone. That's right. Um, so... Do you want to work backwards, start with the SEC and work through the week or start with today and work kind of backwards? Uh, 
I mean, uh, was there really any? There, to me, there really hasn't been much coming out of Atlanta um, from SEC, has there? No, I mean, Sankey kind of. I know. mean, he basically said what we've talked about is like yeah. when you talk about the college football playoff, he's like, yeah, you guys had your chance. Yeah. And now we're going to do it the way we want to do it. Reports from who, Nick? Fill me in. Yeah, any more than that. Yeah, um, like I, I know Nick. Like I, I trust Nick. Right. I just have been in the gym all day, and then stuffing my face with uh, Jackie M's and Sons cheesesteaks and uh, soul rolls and chicken wings. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, they seem. Again, it's all. This stuff is all as of this minute like they say like oh yeah we're content at 16 well yeah as of right now you are and i mean right because there's not anything that makes sense they're not gonna be like they they don't have to be an aggressor they don't you know if somebody they're they're probably sitting there like yeah yeah north carolina you want to spend all that money to try to break that grant of rights like go ahead oh right um but i think their stuff was just more on the on the playoff side of things um that they've made it clear because it benefits them that they're totally content at four. Um, I'm sure they would love to see it expand. They were for the expansion with, you know, Notre Dame and the big 12 and the mountain wet. Like they want to see it expand. Cause that means they get more teams in. Sure. Uh, that's good. coming from, that's coming from Aaron from the Bearcat journal account. Uh, my take on M Hiver is I wouldn't print out what he has to say and wipe my ass with it. Yeah, it's um, I'm gonna need a lot more yeah. verifiable source than that. If that's who it's from, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't worry about it, Nick. Um, but then I guess that so I mean I don't really have anything else from a SEC standpoint. Do you? No, not really. Um, you know, Saban again is basically like, look, I'm trying to be the 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 savior of drive you know college football and helping everybody out understand what's happening and everybody just wants to think that I'm like looking out for my best interest it's like well you are looking out for your best interest well, of course but he probably is more than anybody like look this is where we're headed um it doesn't see yeah because it doesn't matter to him he's right. fine regardless yeah he's like we're trying I'm trying to tell you guys the right thing to do but if you want me to play this this game that you're playing, like yeah. I'll roll up my sleeves and, and whip your ass even more. Yeah. It's um what what about Saban's comments that they need to protect in-state rivalries and in-state games, considering Alabama hasn't played an in-state game out of conference since he joined Alabama. Yeah, but there's nobody in state in Alabama that really it's not a rivalry with any of those teams. It, it would just be charity. I mean, it, it just seems a silly thing for him to even comment on, much less have an opinion really. on. I mean, they have a one of the more famous in-state rivalries in, in the sport, right? I mean, I would, I would say they have the premier in-state rivalry in the sport. I don't know. Just when when you consider that there are no out of conference games that they're trying to play. That's not state. what he's talking about. 
don't know. I just everything that comes out of that guy's mouth. Blech. I'm on one today. I didn't get much sleep. Thank so you. We're just gonna have Aaron popping in angry. Popping in like angry. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> angry. He's already angry, Dad. Dave. He's That's had a baby what, for four, like four days. Yeah, thirty-six hours, and he's already angry, Dad. <laughs> Old man yells at Cloud. Rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> Aaron, there's a producer job open in the college football podcast world. You should go, go after it. Who's hiring? Uh, the College Football Inquirer. Oh, that's right. Sully is, Sully is leaving. To cover soccer. Well, they probably pay them a lot more yeah, than being a Fox producer for soccer. a podcast. Right. <laughs> and he actually gets to, like, report and, and be front yeah. of the game. Uh, that pod's well, taking a lot of hits. Our, your, your, our favorite college football pod has, uh, yeah. luckily, they still have Wetzel. As long as they yeah. still have Wetzel, I think they're going to be all right. For sure. Um, all right, let's let's get to uh, the ACC today. Well, here, let's go. Let's do, because it did come out the other day, the whole, like, Big 12 talking to the Pac-12. Well, I was going to do this, and then we'll go back and do. Okay, that's fine. I, I just, the stuff today from Jim Phillips, holy cow, man. Yeah, ACC. That dude is as Jim disconnected as, as humanly possible. He just, he just said some, apparently his opening you know statement you know it's always kind of like the conference state of the union right um if apparently it went extremely long 29 minutes i think oh they my said. gosh and you know he started getting into the whole kind of the same thing he was saying about the cult their elite alliance he talked of, about it of you know if we have to sign documents then we're not doing things the right way and we looked into each other's eyes and blah. and he did have one quote about you know that i retweeted about the um we did some significant things with the alliance and i was like yeah you killed a playoff expansion that was very significant i i don't get like that man confuses me it, it is weird he you know i i want to say I could be wrong, but I think he came to the ACC from being the athletic director at Northwestern. That makes some sense. And I don't know if if that is not clouding, but just it's a different mindset there. And then you step up to a conference that has some very high academic schools. I mean, Virginia, North Carolina, Boston College, Duke. Like, I mean, these are on par with the Northwestern. But then you also have some schools that, while I'm not going to disparage their academics, like, they also are big-time sports schools. And some of his stuff today, just talking about, you know, we don't want to be the the NBA light and NFL light. And I'm just like, yeah, it kind of already is, man. And this notion of he had some co another comment about where he basically just said, it, you know, we have to still care about the non-revenue sports. This can't only be about football and basketball. And, and even if you agreed with that or think that, or even if you have a bunch of school presidents telling you that, like, you cannot say that. You cannot 
in the landscape that college athletics is in right now, where it's it's literally like not free agency, but people are moving around. Things are happening. Dollars matter. It's very hard then to be up there. To, if I'm a fan of one of those schools and listen to a guy talk about the importance of the non-revenue sports and how we can't become the you know NFL, NBA farm system. Like, you already are. And sorry, non-revenue sports don't matter in this world. Like, they matter. Everybody wants to have them. Everybody wants to be successful with them. But, like, it doesn't matter in the, se- in the, in the way that he's being asked these questions and that he's, he's making these statements. So it just, you know, it just came off as, like, we're trying – I want to be, you know, nostalgic and, you know, almost this is the exact reasons he, the way he sounded, and I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but like the way he sounded to me is in stark contrast to the way that Brett Yormark sounded and is why. I wanted a commissioner in the Big 12 like Brett Yormark and not just some dude that's been in college athletics for 30 years. Because I'm afraid that that is the mindset of some that are still in high-up positions, and that mindset is going to get run over in the next decade. Your response, Senator. Yes, I I don't know I don't know where Chad is or what's going on, but I completely agree. And uh, no, I mean I've been saying it since your mark came in. Like, you, it's a breath of fresh air to have a guy who isn't one of the career. I mean, we talk about this all the time when you talk politics. Like, you want you don't want a guy who's a career politician. You want you know new blood in there, and you know to try and wreck some of the same old same old. But I, I think it's kind of the same analogy here, where you you don't want it's not that anything's really broken, but in order to continue to expand football going forward into the future and try and they already have the 30 somethings. They have a lot of 20 somethings. They have everybody after the 30 somethings, the forties, the fifties, all of that. Like you have to continue to expand this brand into the kids. Kids aren't watching sports the way we did when we were growing up. Right. So you have to continue to try and figure out how to tap into that demographic and so when you're trying to do that, why not get a guy who hasn't been involved in collegiate athletics prior to the way that Brett Yormark has not? Can you hear yeah. me now? Yes. Yes, now I can. All right. I, I was like, I was talking that whole time and you were talking over me. It was really annoying. Well, yeah, because we couldn't. I, I went on a, a nice soliloquy and then. I'm sorry. <laughs> then said uh, your response, Senator, and you got, gave no response. So Aaron I was in. I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> These don't work great. <clears throat> um, here's my question. Like if you're the athletic director or the president of like Pitt, or not Pitt necessarily, but like North Carolina, Clemson, you know, Florida State. You're are, are you really like? Do you feel warm and fuzzy about your direction after listening to that guy speak today? Do, do no, you feel no. good? 
No, and part of the reason I just don't feel good is it's not his fault. Is that they're they're yeah, but they need to come out and say like, look, we're we're challenging this head on. Like the things are changing, and we're going to to be part right. of that change. Like right. we're, yeah, we're going you, to be aggressive. Can't just say like what he said is like I said is in direct contrast to what Brad Yormark said. Like. He basically talked about the way he talked was like, I don't like the way this is going. We need to to make sure that things stay the way they were to the past in the 80s and 90s and and whatever era he wants. He thinks was the glory years. I mean, if you're legitimately out loud at your foot, your biggest your football media day, your biggest opportunity to showcase your product. It's the the, one time a year we talk about commissioners. And you talk about non-revenue sports needing to stay, their importance needing to stay high and not being a feeder, pro, not being feeder programs. Like you're clearly not in tune to what's going on. And, and right. you're clearly objectifying to the way that things are going. And that would cause me concern if I'm one of those schools, because we've talked about this all the time. We've talked about it with, name, image, and likeness. We've talked about it with the transfer portal. We've talked about it with how many other things. This is happening. You either adapt and figure out a way to best utilize those things to help your program or your team or your conference, or you get run the fuck over. Because it's not like tomorrow they're going to go, oh, yeah, you know what, like now transfers going back to where you got to sit out of here. And name, image, and likeness, yeah, we know we need some guardrails and maybe some uniformity, but we're just going to end it all now. Like we're going just back to the way it was before. Like that's not happening. So you either embrace it. You don't have to love it. I don't love everything about these new things. I don't love everything about name, image, and likeness in the way that it's happening right now, you know, but there is still a lot of good coming from it and you can still learn about it um and make adjustments moving forward but like this dude just sounds like he's gonna plant his flag in the traditional you know student athlete your scholars you know your scholarship is your form of payment type attitude i guess this is where that was coming from earlier uh, reporting, but this guy's like a UCF fan with 2,000 followers. Like, I, I, I'm still wondering, like, where is the reporting coming from? Yeah, I could just type that out. I mean, right. Reporting, pointing to like what? What's the reporting? <laughs> where is said reporting? Yeah, <laughs> Michael, why are you spending the night in Morgantown? Spend the night somewhere else. Go to go to um, sports page. Good time. He's here watching this. Are you telling him not to watch? Well, no, after. I mean, we're Uh-oh. we're going to be done, and then he can go to the sports page. Okay. And he forgot the, the Republic of Yeah, you, you, you can't do much guerrilla marketing if you don't bring your stickers with you. Yeah, the picture and the profile looks professional, um, <laughs> which means he doesn't work in our industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the picture in my profile right now? It's me 
sitting in a throne. Well, no, the, UC the, the one before the um, the one before you went to the Beer Cut Journal logo, uh, the band or whatever. Oh yeah, Girl Talk. Yeah, like I'm sure so many people were like, "This guy has no idea what he's talking about." Yeah, I mean that's my profile picture. Mine is, I think, of my kid with a beanbag on his head. You would not look at that and say, that looks professional. Yeah, this guy is, he's inside, inside. Yeah, this guy, this guy knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just, like, you know, I still don't think the grant of rights is, it's going to be tough. I mean, the more you dig and the more you hear, like, I don't think that's going to be anytime soon. It doesn't sound like if they brought on members that that would necessarily totally open it up. Well, it didn't for the big 12. Right. Like that's, that's my, my stance on that. Like if it opened up the grant of rights, Texas and Oklahoma would have said, Oh, you're adding members. Okay. We're out of here. As soon well, as they join. Right. Because, well, yeah. Cause that's what, and that still might happen. Like they still might, leave when you see in them join yeah but it's clearly not something that like was no, triggered the minute that right we had a uh, date you know they're, they're talking he, he was asked about revenue sharing which i think when people hear revenue sharing they think of like the whole pot being get like more money going to the quote-unquote bigger programs but that's not really what it is and i agree with this like they're talking about revenue sharing where Clemson goes to six straight uh, college football playoffs and they get more of that pie. Right. It just, it doesn't like North Carolina gets a higher portion of the NCAA units. It's not just like a, we got $800 million and because Clemson's really good in football, we're going to give them more than we're going to give Duke. It's you get more based on your achievements, and I don't have a problem with that. Like, thought I think that would be great. Like, imagine how much money UC would have made off the crappy AAC teams if it went off of merit. Um, I like it. I mean, oh, I do too. Like, <laughs> we're the ones dragging your asses to get this extra millions and dollars, and yet we're splitting it. You know, eleven ways. If I'm uh, like, no, their grant of rights is essentially a copy of, like them and the Big Twelve have almost the exact same grant of rights, right? Yeah, they basically took the Big 12's grant of rights and crossed out names and changed dates. Yeah, it's very benign. It's very nondescript. Like, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but Andy Staples from the Athletic talked to someone that actually request did a. Freedom of yeah. Information Act request on the original grant of rights. North Carolina actually gave it to him. Dumbasses. Um, some kid at Villanova doing like a term paper who's now a attorney in like mergers and acquisitions who said most documents are like 50 pages long and these grant of rights are two and three pages long. On purpose. On purpose. So that you can't necessarily fight specific clauses in them because they're not there to fight. Right. Yes. So um, I don't see anything happening with those for quite a while. Um, and I think that's why the ACC is so hell bent on trying to figure out new ways to add revenue to that because 
imagine like their their TV their media rights contract right now is already not great, and there's 14 years left of it. And yes, so, it's because of how long it is. Why does it it's unbreakable? Yeah, it's because you would be signing over your your television rights to the conference for 14 years. Well, you're, also, you're also paying, I think I read, I want to try to get this right. The You're paying three to four times the conference's value. Right. Which is, a which in this article, I think it was Andrea Adelson at ESPN wrote it, was like $120 million. So you're paying basically $500 million if you can get out of it. Plus, whatever no, it's just not, it's not something that I think is good. The only way there, I say only, not an expert. We don't know what's going to happen. It seems the only way that the, their grant of rights will go away prior to 2036 is if like half the league said, we want to dissolve this. Right. But is half the league going to dissolve that because only X number of teams would or programs would realistically have another place to go. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, we'll just say North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, Clemson, Miami. We're like, we want to dissolve this. What other teams are going to go? Oh, yeah, that's cool. We'll dissolve this so you guys can leave. And then I'm stuck here holding the bag where if I keep this thing intact, I have the security of you being in the conference and us still at least getting decent money. Right. So like nobody's going to go along with them to get to the, I can't imagine to get to the number of universities that they would need to just totally get rid of the thing. It would, I mean, at least half, right? I would think so. To get it to dissolve. And, and yeah, that's I mean, there's like 15 full members. 14 so full the, members in Notre Dame, right? Is it 14 full in Notre Dame or 15? I think it's 15. And Notre Dame makes Notre 16 Dame, I think partially. I, okay. I don't fucking know. I mean, these. Whatever. <laughs> so, but, you know, it just. They're, it's, you know, they're going to have to try. I mean, like, you know. But the, see, that's the other problem. It's just like, okay, so you want to expand so you can. Get a new TV deal. You're already at this many schools. Who are you bringing in that is like valuing valuing up your deal that you're not just splitting it up between more schools? Fourteen plus Notre Dame. Okay, I was right. Good job. Yes. Thanks, Aaron. So it's not like there's a bunch of good free agents sitting out there that they're like, oh yeah, if we had these two schools. We'll get this much more money, and it'll make Clemson happy. Like they're just going to be, you know, as they say, cutting the pie up more. Right. That's why the whole Pac-12 ACC thing has been talked about is because there Never would be. Happen. Right, I don't think so, but there would be like they. The thought is there would be value in being able to park Pac-12 games on the ACC network, and then you get that ten thirty Eastern time slot. But you got to pay those Pac-12 teams. Yeah, they're not coming so, for free. 
So they're not, yeah. So you're, they're obvious. The, the consensus seems to be that whatever that value is, is not good enough or high enough for the ACC to be like, yeah, we'll cut out time on the ACC network where we could be showing ACC stuff to show Pac 12 stuff and not make as much money by doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just, I was sitting in the gym today, like reading the, the tweets coming from the big 12 and it's like this or the, the ACC. And it's like, this is just so tone deaf. It's so out of touch with everything that's happening. And it's, it's fascinating that, that a commissioner in these ever changing times would just plan his flag on like, here's the ship. And we're going down with it. Like, did they not pay attention to the Big East? Like, did they? I mean, it's I... a it's a rough deal. I mean, you're also banking. Like, I think Clemson will have a bounce back year to some extent, but like, and I think Miami under Mario will be good at some point. I don't know about this year. Who knows? And Clemson still won ten games last year. Yeah, it was a pretty hollow 10 games. It was a hollow 10 games, but they still, they weren't, it wasn't like they dropped off the face of the earth as well. No, but now, now they have some real questions because of the coordinator changes and Dabo decided, I mean, their new defensive coordinator was a, basically a, um, an analyst last year. He was like Brett Venable's right hand man. Wasn't even like a position coach. No. So they're going straight in house you know, playing the Clemson model, it, it might work. I don't know. Yeah, but such a dork, man. But so you, but you're still, you know, you're still hoping Florida State gets back. You're still hoping North Carolina, with all the recruiting they've done, without Sam Howe now, is is better. Like you're Clemson and a bunch of eh. Like. Yep. Pitt. So, I was wasn't Pitt projected proje- projected second in the conference today? I don't know. I all I know about Pitt is that um, Narduzzi said that it would be great if they went to the Big Ten because then they they could win it all the time. And and uh, even though they lost to Michigan State last year, yeah. What are these people on when they go to these media days? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Jeez, Louise. But, uh, uh, JQ's here, always. Hi, JQ. Always. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I. you brought up the Pac-12, so let's let's transition to that. Pete Thamel on Monday, uh, right before we went live on the BBP, uh, reporting that the Big 12-Pac-12 merger talks are dead. Uh, no, the, no, the merger no. talks that no one knew about are, are, <laughs> are dead. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like this is, this is like acting nice to the kid you're about to beat up at the flagpole after school. When it would, it would seem that right. way. I mean, like I think I said, like this doesn't really surprise me. It, they, you or Mark talked about looking at all options. So why wouldn't you go down that road? Part of me wonders, and I don't, I'm definitely not going to assume, but. Uh, one could say that this was a move to get as much information about them as you could, introduce yourself to some people that maybe be a had, shrewd business, a, a move maybe made had, by a shrewd businessman. Had right? met before, you know, 
Just hey, I'm some, the new guy. Get some Brett, particulars. Brett, nice to meet you. With no intention of doing a merger. Maybe but, he, maybe he met all these new people and said, "How are we?" But uh, you meet him. You, you maybe you get some data that you wouldn't have been able to be privy to otherwise, and you use that to your advantage. I don't know. I mean, some might say that that would be something that they would do. Um, it just it didn't it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for reasons that go way way beyond the field or anything like that. Right. Um, it's, it's, it didn't make sense for the same reasons that the PAC 12 didn't take from the big 12 last year when they had a chance to, but they so, should. Oh, they will. Now they should have. Like, <laughs> 2020, absolutely. Um, but they should have, but you know, and I think it's a, I think it's a worthwhile conversation of like which one is better because they they have both have pluses they both have huge negatives um you know on the field on the court like it's not it's not close you know oregon and washington are carrying the weight in tremendously for the pac-12 right now i mean if you just took the two conferences they are the two biggest brands and and one of the best markets. But the thing that I am noticing at kind of like just digesting all of this from all sides is for some reason, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but some people seem to be very nostalgic for the PAC 12 and are why coming up with, all sorts of ideas or whatnots for why they should merge or why they're better when a year ago, when this happened to the Big 12, it was, eh, if you die, if they die, they die. Right. Um, and I'm also getting this we getting this weird, you know, not double standard, but just it's just an odd thing I'm noticing that when we were told, you know, Rutgers, Maryland joined the big 10. It was about, it's about market. It's about, it's about TV subscriptions. Cause we got to get the big 10 network on all your cable TV packages. We don't care if you actually watch the games, but now we got millions of people that have the big 10 network. And then we were told, well, you know, markets are good, but now it's about brands. Like, yeah, great. You're in a big market, but how much of that market do you actually carry? Do you have brand recognition? Do people actually watch your games? But when people talk about the Pac-12, outside of Oregon and Washington, they still talk about markets. <laughs> Every article that the Johns write, John Wilner and John Canzano, talks about the Bay Area market. And the Phoenix market. But when you talk about the Big 12, they don't, all, they don't have very good markets. Like you know, the Pac-12 has so much better markets. I thought it wasn't about markets anymore. I thought it was about brands. Like who gives a shit if Cal is in the Bay Area, if they suck at football and nobody pays attention to them? Which one is it, guys? 
does the brand matter and who, and how many people actually pay attention well no and, it's and because care like, and spend money and go to games and watch or does it just matter that they're in san francisco oakland it, it's because of the same thing we've talked about for a decade plus it's always about moving the goalposts like you know we're, we're gonna make this argument for this but then we're gonna make well, but that argument doesn't fit here, so we gotta we gotta put it in a different package, right? Wrap it up and present it a different way, even though it's the same tired shit. The thing that yeah, and the thing that just bothers me more than anything is like at the high high level, yes, it does. Like the on the field stuff does matter, and the brand matters. Like Oklahoma and Texas, UCLA, USC, like those are big known brands that have had high high levels of success in in whatever they're giving given best field is but when you come down a layer it's like in like um i was reading an article today where it was a like a mailbag type thing and a utah fan was like why should i care anymore like all you guys all we were ever told was to you know Keep keep chugging, keep chugging. Like we won the Mountain West, had multiple undefeated seasons. So then we got to go to the big the Pac-12. And now we're winning the Pac-12. And then all this stuff just happens and we get pulled, it gets pulled right back from under us when we've been way better than these other two programs for the last decade. Right. And he's like, why should I keep getting season tickets? And that's my thing, is like if the stuff on the field just or court, whatever just doesn't matter anymore because you're not in the right market or you're not a land grant university that was the first school in your state 250 years ago, or you don't happen to have a super rich donor or whatever, you know, whatever that might be like, why should any, like, why should anybody care? Like the college sports are built on to me, at least like, they're built on, like, yeah, UC is good. And when UC is good, we like watching the whole sport. If UC is down, let's just take the last couple of years in basketball. I'll just use myself in this example. UC has not been as good. I And I have watched considerably less overall college basketball the last couple of years based solely on UC not being as good. So if you're a Washington State fan or a Virginia Tech fan or a Purdue fan, like if your team's not really, really good, why do you care to watch the sport as a whole? When you see what's happening with, you know, it's just becoming it's becoming what it is. Right. And I think that's where, you know, it's not a conference's duty to, like, they need to do what's best for them. But in it is causing a cause and effect that, like, yeah, we're getting huge and we're doing great. But, like, the sport as a whole is suffering. Like, the whole I mean, there's West, a West Virginia fan that, that talked about it 
Like the whole West Coast outside of Oregon stinks at football right now. Like, legitimately yeah. stinks. And with UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten, like, who, honestly, like, who is paying attention out there? The big, the Pac-12 title game this year, Oregon and Utah. So two teams that are still in the Pac-12, not USC, not UCLA. And the big 12 title game, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Not Oklahoma, not Texas. All the programs that we've been told matter. Played in their conference championships. The big 12 title game almost drew double the ratings that the Pac-12 did. Yeah. Now the Pac-12 is on a Friday night, which why the hell you know is that? It's a pretty big, interesting game, though. The Big 12 is on right. It's still Utah, Oregon. The Big 12 is on Saturday afternoon. What you know, whatever or noon noon game actually, because it ended yeah. right when the UC game started at four. But like they did an eight, and the Big and the Pac-12 game did a four point two. So you can talk to me about markets and. All that shit, all you want. There's the numbers, man. Like, your your two be, quote unquote best teams that were not used and also not USC booing up your ratings did half as good as teams in Waco, Texas, and Stillwater, Oklahoma. Right. So now that was a great game, but it's but it's the it's the conference championship game. The game itself. Sh- like more people didn't. It's always gonna matter. What I'm saying is, like more people didn't just a million, two million more people didn't start watching in the third quarter because it was a close game. I mean, I, it, probably true because but... it wasn't that great of an actual game. It was a compelling, wild ending, but it wasn't this like back and forth, crazy game that you're texting your buddy like, "Hey, you got to put this game on." Right, it wasn't it wasn't forty eight to forty five I mean, in the fourth quarter. Baylor came out to a big lead, so that was a surprise. And Oklahoma State incrementally came back and then had a chance to win it at the end. But you know, so I just that's that's just what I want to ask one of these people that is shilling for the Pac twelve. Like, which one is it? Yeah, I. Is it brands? Because Oregon has a great brand, but they still don't draw that much from a television standpoint. Seattle is a great market. The Bay Area is a great market. Phoenix is a great market, but their brands in those areas don't matter. So which one is it? You want which one's the important one? Because you, you can't have both. You can't say one is no, important. No, you can't have both because that's how they do it. That's what I'm saying. Like you, that's why I would like to ask. Like you can't tell me that the market matters for the Bay Area, but than shit on the Big 12 teams because they're in states that don't have a lot of people, even though it matters way more in those states than it does in those areas. Right. They want to have their cake and eat it too, Dave. Mm-hmm. All right. You got anything more on realignment? Uh, I mean, Mac Rhodes talked today. AD of Baylor was on with the um, – was what is that called? Sports 365 or uh, – Sikkim 365. Sikkim 365. I mean, basically said a lot of the same stuff that said uh, that your Mark said, like, you know, we're going to be the, you know, you're either, you either do the getting or you get got is basically what he said. And, you know, we're not going to sit around and, and that, 
I don't think that necessarily means like we're just going to expand for the sake of expansion. I think it means like we're going to evaluate everything. Kind of like the open for business comment doesn't just mean we're going to just we're right. open for business to to poach another conference. Right. Um, you know, he said no, nothing's imminent, um, which of course he is. I think the next couple of weeks will be big because the Pac-12's exclusive media rights ends on August 4th. And I don't think it will go to that moment. I think something will start to come out next week about what their, what ESPN or Fox doesn't seem like Fox is going to play at all with them, but right. What ESPN is willing to pay them. And I've said on the show previous, like, if I'm them, I'm not doing anything until I at least know. But if Agreed. that value comes back and it doesn't seem good, then I think you can start to see some things. And I think, I think these people, these, these schools, these boards, whatever, they're having meetings, they're having phone calls, just kind of getting their ducks in a row. Like, okay, what's our number? You know, if it comes back at this number, are we right. content to just sit here at 10? Or... If it comes back at this number, are we ready to make the move because we've talked to the Big 12 or we've talked to whatever? Um, but that'll be that that's kind of the next thing to me. Like you you at least get an idea because like if if the if the partner that you already have isn't going to give you a lot of money, why is a different like right. I guess I don't understand like if ESPN is only going to give somebody X dollars, I mean, I could be totally wrong about this, but like, why would NBC jump in and be like, Oh, we'll give you double that. Yeah. If ESPN won't do it. Like, I don't, I don't see the value. Doesn't um, make a whole lot of sense. No. They might give you a couple more dollars, a couple more yeah, dollars, yeah, but yeah, I mean, right. but then you'd be almost more willing to just stay with your current relationship. Yeah, why, why, why go hit the open market when you're you're content with where you're at? Yeah, I mean, we t- there was you know, there's this you know the whole Notre Dame NBC thing, um, reports that they want seventy five million. They're probably going to get it or damn near close. Close for sure. That would be a big jump from where they're at now, but I think their property has tremendous value and NBC yeah. I think wants to play more in this space. We kind of talked about on the board the other day, their interest in shoulder programming. And I think it makes all the sense in the world for the big 12 to try to jump in on that <clears throat> because the big 10 is, you know, elbow deep in with Fox. So the big 12 is not likely getting any noon big noon kickoff games. Right. But you still want that relationship. Fox, FS1, you know, all that stuff. <coughs> it's hard for me to imagine that they would get more than one, maybe two big noon kickoff games. Right. The year. Like that's going to, they've really, really dove into that pregame show, which I think is way better than game day. Um, and that whole, we're going to own the noon time slot. We're going to have marquee games in the noon time slot. So now you're going to get USC at Ohio State, noon. UCLA at Penn State, noon. So right. 
the Big 12 then could come in as shoulder programming with NBC, and you could have UC West Virginia noon, NBC leading into Notre Dame home game at 3.30. So you'd get your – you'd get more – I feel like you would get more of your marquee games at noon on a network channel if you did that with NBC. Right. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they obviously want to keep expanding Peacock too, which would basically replace ESPN plus. They already put one Notre Dame game on there last year. That didn't go over great. Well, no, but that's, I mean, it's the same way that when ESPN plus started putting games on there, it didn't go over great, but what are your options? Right. You right. All right, what else you got on this? Anything for for now? No, I mean, I think we're kind of in the... There always seems to be some ridiculous thing that comes out each day, but I don't think any of it matters until you hear what the Big 12 has to say. Or not what the Big 12, what the Pac-12's TV situation is. Oh, I did want to mention earlier... Before we really got into this, um, the ESPYs are tonight. I didn't know those were still a thing. Oh yeah, but but if you want still a good thing. laugh, just Google uh, Norm McDonald ESPYs and watch that nine minutes of, of fun. Well, yeah, because he's just mocking the the genre, if you will. Oh, it's. I mean, it's no surprise that he was. Uh, not invited back. <laughs> yeah. Needless needless to say, we're there's not a, happy. A, with, they were not happy with the There's a couple jokes in there that are just, I will laugh very, very hard at until the day I die. I've actually heard a bunch of like comics react to that and talk about why it's so much funnier to them than it was to like just the average person watching. Oh yeah. Because they got like J- Jason knows. <laughs> Charles was Charles Winston Heisman joke. <laughs> yeah. But yes, so what what uh, what's next on the agenda? Should we talk some hoops? Do you have any more football? Uh, I don't really have anything left on the football side of things. Um, Me neither. I mean, if you want to, like, you want to knock out, like, your thoughts on an opponent this year, you're more than welcome to do that. No, let's, uh, let's, let's go to what you've, uh, what you saw today, what you're, what you're hearing, things of that nature. Uh, not a lot of hearing today because in Nike's infinite wisdom, when um, when the coaches arrive, the media is treated like an uh, infectious virus. And we are not allowed anywhere near the coaches. So that's a bit frustrating, uh, considering everywhere else it's just, you know, can you hear me? 
Am I working yep. right now? Okay. Um, like, do they think that that's what the coaches want? Like, have the coaches told them they want it that way? No, they have not. Uh, Nike just treats the media like shit. Like, and it, it, it's a lot of reason. Like, I stopped going to as many Nike events as I used to go to. Um, and if I had to just get like traditionally credentialed, like filled out the application and, and gotten approved or denied, I would have been denied because Nike is to the point now where they will only let um, two people from each media outlet attend and 24 seven is considered one media outlet. Quick shout out to Tonk for the Tonk stamp, $5 donation. We do appreciate it. Appreciate you, Tonk. Oh, I, I have to jump in here with this. Okay. Narduzzi quote. <laughs> I don't think an offensive coordinator has ever been murdered as much as this right oh, here. Oh, bad. Holy cow. Our old offensive coordinator had no desire to run the ball. Everybody knew it. He was stubborn. Wake Forest was 118th in run defense, and we threw the ball every down. When we ran it, we ran it for 10 yards, but that wasn't good enough. <laughs> like, Yikes. the guy is actually still alive and is the offensive coordinator at Nebraska now. Like, you would think that he was dead. <laughs> say something like that. I mean, you would think, like, somebody dead, you would give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt than the – I mean, he ran over him with the bus. He backed up over him again. I mean, you, you did have Kenny Pickett, man. Like, right. And a really, really good receiver. Like, <laughs> what you think he was going to do? They had the number one quarterback drafted and the Bolitnikoff winner. Yeah. And Narduzzi, Narduzzi's like, we, like, we should have run the ball enough. Got to play Smash Mouth football. Going to be LSU Tiger. Go Tiger. Like, these football coaches are a rare breed, bro. A rare breed. Dude should be happy he's still getting paid like three, four million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, player wise, uh, I saw Drake Powell for the first time today. Uh, one of the best players in North Carolina. Uh, I thought Cincinnati was going to have a really good chance at him. And then North Carolina offered last week, and now I'm not as optimistic. Um, <laughs> I can see why. Yeah, uh, you know, a top three player in North Carolina gets a North Carolina offer. That's going to be a tough pull. Going to be a tough pull. Um, but he's like a, um, he's like a more refined Leon Bond from last year. Okay. Like long, athletic. Where did he end up? Uh, he ended up at Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but one of those guys like. He doesn't have a lot of pop offensively and that like, he's not going to be a guy that like, you know, rips you, uh, you know, multiple 20 point games. Sure. Uh, but he's going to guard the opponent's best player. He's going to rebound. He can pass it. He can handle the ball. Like if your program is up and running, you have to have a guy or two like him on your roster. Right. Um, so I can see why West Miller loved him. I can see why North Carolina offered. Um, he was a, they they actually lost a close game today. It was a really good game um, for the for CP3 with CP3 on the bench. Actually, did he did he get any run? 
no, no. Actually, like uh, this year, more than any that, any that I can remember, like a lot of those guys are here. Yeah. LeBron's been here. Yeah, I told this last night. I told this little story last night. You uh, probably. Um, so, Boo Williams is there's a, a AAU team named Boo Williams. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. And, you know, he's been around, he's got to be in his 70s. Like, he's getting up there. And so, Bronny's team was getting ready to play. And everybody's like crowded in, packed in outside the gym, waiting to get in. And I'm walking past it, just kind of shaking my head. Like there's no chance in hell I'm going into that gym. It's chaos. And Boo Williams is walking by and we like kind of merge. And I got to know Boo a little bit when, uh, when UC recruited Jaquan Parker, because Boo, for whatever reason, just loved Jaquan, probably because Jaquan's an awesome dude. But uh, Boo looks over at me and goes, Bron himself better be playing if you want to get me in that gym. (laughs) (laughs) But Bron's been here. Carmelo's been here. I sat and watched the game with Blake Griffin. Um, Chris Paul was here. Russell Westbrook is here. Most of these guys have teams that they sponsor and that they're actually, most of them are pretty active within like CP3, like halftime, Chris Paul was in the huddle, like coaching kids which I hate Chris Paul because I think he's a dirty nut puncher. Um, that he is. Uh, respect his game. He's an all-time great, but he's a dirty nut puncher. Um, well, I hope Russ wasn't in there giving any coaching tips. Russ was cussing out the officials at one point. That's the Russ I know. <laughs> Not to the level <laughs> of um, Jeff McGinnis, who's maybe the most hot-headed coach or AAU guy I've ever Speaking seen. Speaking of hot and this is not AAU-related, I saw a clip on Twitter apparently yesterday in a TBT game, LaFonso Ellis, who was coaching one team, like pushed a player on the other team and got ejected. That doesn't sound smart. I saw Jeff McGinnis get kicked out of a game before the game started because it was the same officials that had the previous game. And he had gotten kicked out of the previous game. So I guess he just decided, like, I'm not doing this again. He preempted himself. He preempted like, I'm going to get kicked out. I may as well just get kicked out now. But he didn't go after the officials on the floor. He went after the head of officials that was sitting courtside. Smart. I mean, by, bypass the plebes, <laughs> go right to the, the man in charge. Oh. Um, Tyler McKinley. Really positive stuff from Tyler McKinley tonight. Uh, and, and I talked to um, somebody close to all Ohio red and, and they shared the same sentiment. Like when he went up to 17 and under the first couple games, he was overmatched. Like you could tell there was an adjustment that was happening in real time and he wasn't used to the length and he wasn't used to the athleticism. And, you know, he, he's, he's been in that mode on, in 16 and under like where he can just get the ball off the rim Go sure. coast to coast and like have his way with sixteen and under kids, and um, you could see last night that it was starting to come together. We talked about it on the nightcap, uh, and then today uh, had nine points and twelve rebounds uh, against a really good team out of Texas, uh, run by John Lucas, the uh, you know the the veteran mm-hmm. 
NBA guy. And um, I was really pleased and really happy with what I saw from Tyler today because he was playing with more control. He was understanding what he's good at and and what he might not be able to accomplish uh, at this level. And you could see in real time his game adjusting. I love when you get a, a glimpse of that, right? Like when a guy's forcing it and just doing, you know, doing things that are are not going to work. And then Tyler's a really smart kid, like, you know, a great student at Walnut Hills. So he's got some some basketball IQ to him. So it's really cool to see him kind of like in real time becoming a better player, uh, becoming a more effective, more productive player. So that was really good today. Um, I didn't get to see a ton of the 17 and under stuff today because I had to get back here and do this podcast. Um, I did see Trey Autry for the first time tonight. Uh, that's at, he's uh, a New York kid. He's at Western reserve up in the Cleveland area. He had 13 points, five rebounds and an assist. Um, I guess you would label him as a combo guard. My evaluation was more of a two guard, more of like a off the ball scoring guard could maybe give you some time like as a secondary ball handler. Like uh, Dion Dixon. Similar. Yeah. I don't think that's too far. I don't know that he was, um, Dion was pretty athletic. I don't know. Trey is like the right. You know, like freak athlete that Dion was, but not a, not a terrible comparison. Um, I just mean more of like the role that they play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was good. Got a chance to look at him for the first time. Uh, your, your favorite player that you've never seen. Uh, it was a good day for Jalen Curry. Dave. It's good to hear. He was, uh, let's see, six of 13 from the floor, two of two from three. Seven of eight from the free throw line, five rebounds, 21 points, 11 assists, four steals. Sign him up. I'll buy a damn jersey jersey right now. He is the most hit or miss guy I've seen on the circuit this year. Sometimes he is spectacular like today. And other times uh, he makes you want to pull your hair out. Like the other day when he went two for 12. Right. <laughs> he didn't shoot enough, obviously. Yeah, he didn't get, you know. He's actually, I don't think he's been over, like, I don't think he's hit 18 shots at any point this week. So somebody had talking to with him and <laughs> got him down in that 12 to 15 range. I, mean, I guess that that's, a. I mean, this the staff <clears throat> obviously has to have these contingencies, but, like, let's just play it out. Let's just say they don't get Isaiah Collier. Right. Who would be your top point guard target? I think I'd go Jizzle James. I I really wish things could have been different with Trey Green. Like it, it just is a uh, I think it's a situation where timelines just got crossed. Like Trey had a timeline and UC had a timeline. And obviously, as we've talked about, you put the work in that UC is gonna put in on Isaiah Collier, like you, you have to see it to the finish line. Sure. And taking a commitment from Trey Green would have altered that, that path. Maybe it ends up being the wrong decision. You know, um, I think he's the best shooter in the class. I don't think anybody would label it that way though. I mean, 
No one would. People are going to like. Let's be honest. If the kid. That's that's obscene, though. I mean, if the kid has a great college career, people are going to bitch about it. That's just how it goes. I don't agree with it. Dumb people bitch about lots of things. Sure. Imagine the bitching if they took a commitment from Trey Green. And 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 they and I I would be like, wait a second. You're you have you've showed there's been no indication that maybe if they took a commitment from Trey Green, that's because they thought that they were out on Isaiah. Well, they but, would have only taken a commitment from Trey Green if they were out on Isaiah. Right, but that's what I mean. Like they're not there yet, so you wouldn't do that. Right. He was five for seven from three yesterday, four of seven from three today. I told an NBA scout buddy of mine, he's the best shooter in the class. Like it's disgusting how pure his shot is off the dribble off the catch like off the move catch and shoot his feet are set his shoulders are square and that ball comes out of his hand like a fucking picture like it's it's pretty every time when he misses you're like ooh. i just and i i hear all that i just Going to the Big 12, I'm just not. He's 5'8", 5'9". Like, there are reasons that, you know. I mean, let's be real. Like, he's an insanely good shooter. Insanely good shooter. And his top six was, you know, indicative of someone that is 5'8", 5'9", and you worry about the other things. The other things. Yeah, like – you know, defensively, like he's a really good, like he's kind of like one of those old Villanova guards that just plays up underneath you and is kind of pesky. But he's he's five nine. Like you can shoot over him. You can he's five nine, up. and then it also like your two guard can't be six two. Right. Like it, it has a ripple effect to the rest of your your lineup. Right. You can't have a backcourt of five nine six two. We've seen that. If he was six foot, would he be a five star? Six two. If he was six two, not a five star, but he'd be a ridiculously high. You still need to have like high, high level athleticism to go along with the height to be a five. I'm saying to be a five star. When you shoot it like he does, you you get close. (laughs) He might not make it to five, but he'd be pretty close. I, he just, man, it comes out of his hands so pretty. Well, we're probably going to see a lot of it the next four years. Probably. My guess <laughs> is my guess is he ends up where we're afraid he's going to end up. And makes, oh, I'm, I'm not afraid of that. Not afraid, but like he's going to make in his career like 15 threes in the Crosstown shootout. <laughs> That's fine. Hope we'll have six, five guys packing his shit. Right. Hi, Deanna. Welcome. <laughs> um, but I think I think Jizzle James is is definitely probably the next in line. I know definitely probably is uh, not exactly the most descriptive. De- term. Definitely probably maybe. Definitely probably possibly. Who do you, who? Okay, so if if it's Jizzle James and Jalen Curry, James. Who, who? No, I'm saying who do you think is the most gettable? Who are, Probably and, Curry. And, and I, I don't that, think Curry's do you, got a lot of heat on him right and now. And do you think that determines maybe who? Because if you've spent all this time on Collier, 
we're just playing this out as if they don't get him. Right. You've spent all this time on call. Your caller seems like he's going to make a decision when this period is over, maybe in the next month or so. Right. And you don't get him. Do you then not want to play that game again in the fear of then, okay, say Jizzle's not close to making a decision, but he's your one. He says he said yesterday he's got probably going to play this out till November. Okay, so this is a great, great point. So he says he's going to play this out till November. Do you play this game for another three months and run the risk of not getting your number two? Or if the evals are similar and you can get Jalen Curry now, do you do that? I still don't think so. I think there's a pretty good gap between Jizzle James and Jalen Curry. I think the wild card here is probably Devon Thomas. Okay. Is that the Juco kid? Yeah, it's the Juco kid. He's at Kilgore. Probably more of a scoring guard than a point guard. Um, but I think you could take a Devon Thomas and then hit the portal. Yeah. And go find like a, a stopgap point guard uh, for you to get to 2024. And then you refocus and go try to find you a, a high-level point guard in 24. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to like – no, I know. Yeah. I'm 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 walking you through the information yeah. that I have, like piecing together what I think is likely or not likely. My guess is is Curry's probably a little bit farther down the board. I just have fun talking to you about him because I know like who he is is Dave Simone. Yeah. What? Shot, 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 need, shot, 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 entertainment. shot, 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 <laughs> he's entertaining frustrating as hell sometimes exciting as hell sometimes but See, that's the thing like i guess i don't know it's easier to i think it's easier to see this in basketball recruiting than football recruiting but like i will take the highs and the lows when the highs can be that high here's the Here's the million-dollar question with a guy like Jalen Curry. How often are the highs? Right? Because. For sure. If the highs are only once every five nights, the lows are going to get really annoying. Yeah, but if my, if my the rest of my roster is where I want it to be, then the lows are mitigated because other people can. The lows on this roster or last year's roster would be a death nail. The lows on a roster that you feel a lot more comfortable about maybe don't matter as much, but when he gets hot that one night against Baylor and carries you to a win, you're like, damn, I'm glad we got him. Yeah, I think the the argument against there, Dave, would be it's a point guard. Sure, I get that. Like, the ball is going to be in his hands. Right, but I think, too, that's on you for some development and – a little bit of restraint. You never want to like take that dynamic out of a player's hands. Right. But maybe if he's, you know, and you always wonder like, do you play like this on the AAU circuit because you feel like you need to, to get shine. And then when you get on a team in college that has a bunch of other high level dudes on it, does that element kind of fade a little bit knowing that I don't need to get looked at anymore. I don't need to carry the load anymore. Like, 
I have the yeah. abil- I have the ability to, to take over a game if I need to, but I trust my teammates, and it's just such a different dynamic once you get to school that maybe he doesn't have to feel like he has to play that way. And then it's on the coaches to 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 talk to him about it. I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking of. I mean, these are totally unfinished products, and sure, and you know that they're playing different now than they play. The mindset is totally different now. When you're in a gym and you haven't committed anywhere and you're trying to get offers, the way you play is totally different from once you get to school. That's completely fair. He's wild. <laughs> it is an experience. That's fine. I mean, Auburn and now Oregon had the Bo Nix experience. Maybe UC will have the Jalen Curry experience. And I, I, I just know, like I said, that's why I've, I've always, I haven't mentioned him much. Because uh, I think he is a little bit farther down the board, but I love talking to you about him because I know when I tell you he went two for twelve and zero of seven from three, you're going to be like, "Let's go!" Or two for eighteen, three for right? 18. Because look what he did today. Right, twenty-one points, eleven assists, five rebounds. Nobody, nobody else had a game like that today. Uh nobody. Or, or very, very few. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple. Yeah, but I mean, to be a point guard and have. 21 and 11. It's a pretty good day. In an AAU game. Like, yeah. Jizzle James, um, his team does the thing that frustrates me more than anything in AAU. Like, play like they're in the GCL? No, no. <laughs> they have a high level point guard, but they have a 5'8 kid. They can't play the two guard. So the 5'8 kid plays the point guard and Jizzle James plays combo guard. And that makes me want to run my head through a wall. Well, yeah, because we've talked his his best attribute is his toughness and getting to the basket. He's, he's got a great mid-range game. Like his pull-up and floater game is really good. Um, But yeah, he needs the ball in his hand. And his team plays him without the ball in his hand which as a result, they don't properly use their top 10 five-star forward that's going to Duke because they don't properly get in and out of the offense with the other kid having the ball in his hand. (laughs) So they got a dude going to Duke and Jizzle, and basically the coach's kid is running point. Yeah, I mean, like the kid's not, (laughs) not a terrible player. But he's not as good as Jizzle. And if you play him off the ball, then he's a 5'7 <laughs> two guard that can't shoot. Like, So you have to put the ball in his hands to get your five best players on the floor, right? But your team is nowhere near as good as they should be because you're putting the ball in the hands of the wrong. Oh, it annoys the shit out of me when I have to watch it. Because I like you know normally like you're there to see a point guard when there's a rebound. Want to actually play point when there's a rebound and the ball is outletted. Your eye goes to all right. Here we go. Let's see what we got. And then it's this other kid, and you're like, and you look, and there's the guy you're trying to watch. I know he gets smaller every time I talk about him because it makes me more and more angry every time I talk about it. Earl Boykin's playing point with right now. You know, now the next thing you know, there's a five three guy with the ball in his hand, and Jizzle's standing on the wing. 
Um, so that's that's most of today. Uh, watch, you know, bounce around and watch some younger guys. I've seen seen Cameron Boozer a couple times. Dave, is that Carlos Boozer's son? It is. Holy shit, is he good, dude? Some of these like. It's just wild too. Yeah. Like, it happened a lot with the baseball draft. Like Matt Holiday's kid went number one. Yeah. Andrew Jones' kid went number two. Eric Green, who played tight end for the Steelers, his kid went number five. Like just dudes that I'm like, what? It seems wild that they have like, you know, kids getting drafted and. The first game I watched Monday was Cameron Boozer against Aaron McKee's kid out of Philly. I mean, Boozer's going to Duke, right? Uh, I would, I mean, I would assume so. He's the number one player in 2025. He's fucking awesome. (laughs) He's a grown ass man as a, he's a freshman in high school. You're going to be a sophomore. I like, so the way this is set up, like the 15 and under kids play at 11 and 1230. The 16 and under kids play at 2 and 3.30. And then the 17 and under kids play the next three time slots. And, like, I knew this walking in. Why is he playing on a 15U team? I just, I don't know. He shouldn't be. He should be playing at least 16 and under. Um, But anyhow, like, you walk in and you're like, all these kids are six seven and like two, you know, one hundred and ninety pounds. I thought I was a sixteen and under game, or a fifth to seventeen and under game. Like, no, these are these are freshmen. They're going to be sophomores in the fall. Like, what the hell is? What are we feeding these kids? What the hell is happening, dude? It's, my friends and I joke about it. Like, we, I graduated high school in two thousand, so I mean, it feels like forever ago. But like, we talk about it when it comes to football, and like my buddy coaches at Springboro and he's telling us that like every guy on their offensive line is like 270 or bigger. Yeah, six and when I, 270. when we played like he's five, nine and was like two fifty five and played nose guard. Like, right. like <laughs> kids are just like, I mean, like it's ridiculous. I, mean, I don't tw- know that I grew up with anyone over two seventy five. 22 years is, is a long time, but it's just like, it's a ridiculous amount of like, comparison to to just the size of the high school kids now versus when we were in high school if Aaron McKee can make it to 2025 Temple's got, got a chance to be pretty good his son was sick will, te- will Temple have sports by 2025 maybe not but <laughs> wherever he's coaching in 2025 getting a good one he, he was a lot of fun to watch I watched Cooper Flag. Uh, who I'm convinced was uh, incubated in a Duke laboratory. He's he's 15. He's 6'8". He's from Maine. He goes to like a prep Some school prep in Maine. School, yeah. Yeah. And he's like super skilled, can pass it, can shoot it. I was like, we're letting Duke get away with like, just creating humans now, Make, making players, stashing them in Maine, and just waiting for them to the next Chet Holmgren. Uh, no, he's not. He actually had some good, some good. He's not <laughs> that big. That's the Gonzaga factory, and that one's not fully up to speed yet. Like, there's still, yeah. still a couple glitches in the system. Like, 
Let's make his ankles bigger than, you know, uh, a Sharpie. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the Peach Jam so far. So, is this the is this the last event of the season? Yeah, this is. Yeah, well, so Adidas is in L.A. I was going to ask you, where, where are our coaches? Adidas is in L.A. Coach Morgan is there. Um, Wes started at a JUCO event in Iowa. And then went to Under Armour in Chicago. Um, and then he'll be here in the morning. You having breakfast? Uh, I don't know. I don't know when. Let's see. Who who do you uh, who is he coming to watch? Who's who's going to be on his must see list tomorrow? Uh, the names we talked about today. Um, he is not headed this way yet. I've got his plane tagged. So <laughs> I've had the recruiting plane tagged for a long time, Dave. Creepy. I mean, sometimes you got to know what, you know, you got to makes it easier if I just know where it's going and then I don't have to call people and bug them. Right. That's right. Um, if you stalk in silence. It's way less creepy. Right. Way less creepy. Way less creepy. Uh, most of the names I mentioned today. Um, I'm well, put sure. it, put, when you talk to him, put in a good word for my guy. For Jalen Curry, all right. <laughs> uh, he'll see Mark. I didn't get to see Marcus Allen today. He was playing at a different, t- or playing at the same time as um, another another game I was watching. Uh, so now Marcus that the Allen coaches game. are there, what does that mean for you? Like, I know you said that like you can't get near them or whatever, but like, do you still have the same amount of access to watch? Yeah, still the same amount of access to watch. You just kind of have to watch with the, uh, the civilians. Yeah. Got to watch with the So civilians. they'll let like me in just as a fan, but they won't let people that run a site in. Right. Well, you can buy it. Like you can come here and pay to get in 20 bucks every day. Oh, okay. But as like a credentialed media person, they, they limit that. Yeah. Luckily, I've just been doing this long enough that I know people. There you go. We're not I the number one. one we're not the number them. one source for for Bearcat news by accident. I've only seen one other team site guy here. Who was that? Uh, Rab Johns from Peaks. Oh. Uh, Rabby knows. Rabby's like me. Rabby's been knows doing this forever. Yeah. So if you know everybody, you can figure out a way to to get shit done. But you know, if you're one of the the guys on your on your way up. $20 a day at the door and uh, you're there. Like if you leave and you come back, that'll be another $20. What? sir. Yeah. That's, they're printing money down there in the peach state. Oh man. There's so many people here too. It like today was annoying. How many people were in that building? I tend to go. There's like, so they have two new courts. That when you first walk in, there's like a gym on the right, a gym on the left. And those are like traditional. They kind of look like high school gyms. Um, and then when you walk into the older facility, like where we've been coming for years and years and years, the gyms are pretty small, but then there's a walking track that goes around. Yeah, and everybody just stands up on top. And, and I just stand down. up on the on the, the walking track because that way I can get in and out of the gyms faster. Um like today, they were they were limiting who was allowed into the gyms because there's so many people there, and it's only Thursday, like Wednesday. 
like by Friday, thank God I'm leaving and I'm going to be driving home. By Friday, that place, you're not going to be able to move, man. It's going to be absurd. So uh, we'll, we'll timestamp a little basketball, a little peach jam talk there. I'll give a nod to uh, our old friends, Urban Artifact. They, they I got my second shipment today. Kelsey was like, Dad, you got a huge delivery. I was like, open it up. She's like, it's 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 Urban Artifact. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, tell your mom there's uh, my second shipment of Urban Urban Artifact coming. <laughs> Forgot to mention that. So I'll give Urban Artifact their timestamp. Uh, so for- there uh, they're sounds like they are going to put a time cap on the transfer portal, which is what we've kind of discussed in the past. I mean, there already kind of was one. Right, but they're now proposing limiting inbound portal entries to 60 days per year. Will likely go into effect next month, effectively closing the portal until December. I'm confused. Yeah, I don't really get it either. So you're only allowed to take... Inbound portal... Yeah, limiting inbound portal entries to 60 days per year. So does that mean they're going to a system where kids can enter the portal whenever they want, but, but schools are only going to be able to take them? a 60-day window to decide where they go, I guess. And then you're going to, like, that's going to have to be broken up, right? Because there's going to be a window in the spring semester and a window in the winter, the, the fall semester. Here, let me see if. The NCAA Division I Council endorsed a proposal that would limit the transfer portal to two windows, 45 days beginning the day following the championship selection, and then May 1 to May 15th for a total of 60 days. 15 days in the spring, and that's it? For the 2022 season, championship Saturday is December 3rd. Selection Sunday is December 4th. So December 5th would become Portal Monday. The portal would remain open through January 18th, so December 5th through January 18th. Which is about right because that winter... That's that's when basically most people's spring semester slash quarter would start. Right. And then close until the end of April. In theory, any players entering the portal on any of the other 305 days in the year would need a waiver to become eligible for the following season. So, for personnel tracking the portal, cutting it down to two windows is a pick-your-poison scenario. Huh. More than 1,400 Division One players entered the portal in 2021, and if your job is to know every single one of them, the portal being open all fall might be a blessing in disguise. The drip, drip, drip of players trickling into the portal might be annoying, but at least that's manageable. The same number of players enter the portal in 2022-23, and the portal is only open for a mere 60 days. That's an average of nearly 24 new players per day to keep keep track of. I guess, I, again, I'm a little confused. That's 
that's the the windows when you can enter the portal or that's the window when yes. a school can take you from the portal i think both you have you can enter the portal from the day after selection sunday okay until right the semester um Start. My point being, when you get to the spring and summer, right? Like as we saw that, like, what if a guy enters on the last day? He's got to commit immediately. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't have time to find a reason because, uh, of course, the this, transformation committee's thinking. The brain behind this proposal is that closing the portal until the Monday after the regular season ends would protect players from themselves, barring them from yeah, a rash see, decision I, yeah. with long-term negative consequences, is that, and that may very well happen. But December and January were already the busiest months on the calendar. Those, are, those already busy months could become even busier now. Additionally, schools that accept four-year transfer students receiving financial aid will be required to provide financial aid to the student-athlete through the completion of the student's five-year period of eligibility or graduation, whichever comes first. Unless okay. that student transfers again or enters a professional <laughs> Right, yeah. Huh. Student, that can't be when you can take. The student transfer. would it continue to count against the roster and financial aid limits unless the student is medically disqualified. Wow. So eligibility transfers yeah. or enters the professional draft. A lot of back injuries coming in college football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're medically DQ'd. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that ACL surgery you had three years ago all of a sudden went bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the headline is instead of being open 24-7, the portal will soon be open for business only 60 days a year. I'm sure more will come out about this yeah i can't imagine that limits when you can take somebody it's just you have to be in within the windows that you're allowed to enter the portal yeah i think that key like it said it keeps you from just from the portal being a constant thing right of these five guys entered on october 3rd now mm -hmm. four more guys entered on october 4th like now it's just going to be here's when you can guys. enter the portal yeah. after the season for whatever that right. ends up being, like roughly 45 days, and then these 15 days later on in the summer. But I think you can decide where you want to go whenever. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. Okay. That's the way I, I was just, just going to say, like, that would be pretty, pretty shitty, like, if, like, the kid entered the portal and had, like, okay, well, yeah, like, got, he, he, something got happened and he had to transfer, and he's right. got, yeah, like, like, three hours to pick a school. <laughs> or, or then he has to, you know, file for a waiver. Right. All right, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Aaron, let's talk about that tonight on the nightcap. We'll expand a little but bit. But it is going to be hell on the recruiting departments. Oh, Yeah. Like, imagine how many dudes are entering the portal in that gap after in December and January. Well, yeah, I know, like, just, like, from being around it, like, how hectic it is on a day when there's, like, 15, 20 guys that enter the portal. Imagine yeah. what it's going to be like on a day where there's, like, 130 guys that enter the portal. Because they're all going to want to be able to get to their new school by, yeah. by January. When I don't know in football, but I know in basketball – 
we saw the decision making process slow down. Oh yeah, exponentially on the portal this year. I mean, because the decision year, can still be slow. It's the deciding yeah, yeah, yeah. part. No, but I'm just like talking talking through it. Like the first year that we had the portal, there were decisions being made in like four oh, days. Like, yeah, less than that. Yeah, like like immediately almost with some like I mean, and that still happens some Corey kind um, but like we saw this year. Like all of a sudden kids are like, all right, like I'm going to take my visits. I'm going to, you know, this is my second time dealing yeah, like with treating this. it um, like a, a true recruitment. Right. Like it's still abbreviated, but like more like a true recruitment than what we saw year one. Year one was fast, man. Year one was like. Year one was like recruiting it during COVID, like not right. going to campus, just like, you know. Right. So. Okay. Um, final topic of the day. I do have a funny follow-up tweet from our Mark Whipple, um, Pat Narduzzi comment earlier. Okay. Somebody retweeted his comment and goes, damn, coach, you, you did score 45 against Wake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, couldn't have been that but bad. Dave, Dave, you only wanted to score 35. That's true. <laughs> Not give that Wake offense the ball. Right. When you run the ball and you eat time off the clock, then, you know. That's always better, right? You got to you got to keep your defense rested. Isn't that always the argument? Mm-hmm. You can't score too fast. Mm-hmm. Got to keep got to keep the defense rested. Can't put the defense back out there too quick. Uh, finally, uh, what was your what was your viewpoint on the nasty natty, the TBT, the alumni game getting? Maybe most importantly, getting some of these old guys back around the team uh, for a week in the summer. Like, uh, what did, I know it, it ended in it ended in spectacularly uh, disastrous fashion, as I'm sure we all kind of expected, right? Um, Five dollar Tonk stamp, thanks Tonk. They're a lot more expensive than that. I'll just let you know that now. Um, what was your overall take on basketball in July, Dave? Um, the Bearcats just don't like tournaments. <laughs> so far, yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, I mean, I didn't pay much attention to it other than retweeting out to to the you know our legions and legions of fans. I thought you know Jacob Evans hitting a seventy footer was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's I think it's cool. I like the the old guys getting back because I think there's some residual with the current guys, and the more time that they're here, the more they feel like a part of the program. The more I think that's good for everybody. Um, I think it sets a good precedent in knowing for the guys that are here, like this is always going to be home. Yeah, right. Like I see these guys coming back. And how much fun they're having, and how much it means to them. Like I think yeah. that is something that's that you can't really put like a valuation on. I guess. Yeah, you know, even though they lost the their only game, I I hope that it gives like an uh, attitude of like for other guys that maybe they want to be a part of it. Um, just keep building on it. it the, this iteration seemed uh, much more 
organized and, and put together than, than the previous one. Um, you know, the result. I think it helped know, a lot that this was in Cincinnati. For sure, for sure. I mean, the, the thing that they did with X, I thought was great on, was that Sunday? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. I mean. It was really cool. I wish you would have come. I wish you would have reached out and like come down and hung out. And I was definitely doing something. I forget I what it was. Um, I think I was at my parents' maybe. Um, but no, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, I kind of laugh at like the taking it for more than what it is, like frustration yeah. over losing a game of between a bunch of dudes that don't play for your school anymore that. Who knows how you know how active some of them are in their But it's easy for fans to fall immediately back into like watching a game. Well, you know, it's not like I was like, and was Jaren like and you know, you're not hoping that they lose, but it's like right. okay, whatever, they lost. Like you know, got down big early, came back, went up big, and then you know basketball's a, a game of runs. A bunch game. of dudes I've never heard of. <laughs> basketball's a game of runs. Came came back and beat him. Uh, you know. I do. I do have a comment about the the TBT in general. Uh-huh. I you know, and this is I could be on my, an island of one with this comment. You should not be allowed to play zone in that setting. <laughs> like, get get out of here with this one three one shit. Yeah. In a in a game with a bunch of dudes that are coming in from all over the country, and. You know, haven't played together and and it's not just years. like a UC versus other team thing. Like, I just I don't want to like I'm not interested in that kind of a thing. Like, this should be an up and down, entertaining type of free flowing thing. And you just threw a one three one out there because you were about to get run out of the gym. Yeah, and you're just like, well, here, let's try to junk this shit up. Like, this ain't like this quarter five million dollars. Do you think that team's winning the million bucks? Not necessarily, but to stay alive, you have to win. You have to I not guess. get run out of the gym. I guess. I just like I'm with you. Like you know, zone I'm not trying. I don't want it to sound like sour grapes and like you know, UC's excellent three point shooting history. You know, <laughs> did, did them in on their own. But I was just like, man, that's just kind of like that's just kind of scummy. Yeah, I guess I guess how you feel on it depends on whether or not you're eligible to win a million dollars at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if they made a bunch of threes, then it's no it's no big deal. But but uh, you know, it's just yeah, it's like yeah, come on, like just play man. Yes, you could. Yes, you're playing for a million bucks, but like you know, be good, be good at, at that too. Then I guess I don't know. Um. But no, uh, I, think, we, I, I think it's I like the I like the the whole concept as a you know as an event. I think right. it's cool, you know, especially when you get down to kind of those like last four teams and you know those dudes. Then they fought, they do the we can win this thing, and right. you know the the play is high level and and you know I love the Elam ending, um, so. The whole concept and and event, I think, has has gone a long way over the last couple of years too. I, I enjoy it, and it's nice to have some hoops like that in the in the summertime. Yeah, it just changes it up a little bit, especially like 
You know, this is a lost summer for the Reds, clearly. Right? Like, summer or decade? Yes. Quarter century. <laughs> um, it just gives something a little something like a little different to do in July. For sure. So I think, you know, it gave us some content, gave us some stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm all for uh, seeing this be a regular thing. And I'm, I'm especially all for that Saturday alumni game. Like, I think that's just fun for both fan bases. It's not. Yeah, I mean, that would be a great thing to to keep seeing continue and, yeah. and grow. And maybe you can impl- implement, and there might already be, but like some sort of like a clinic with with kids there was a there was a a camp for kids there was okay cool there was a golf outing with like Um, the current players and yeah and it was all it's all basically the the foundation the backbone of what all that was about was an nil for xavier and uc's current rosters yeah like that was that's the the stuff that i'm that i feel like is totally cool but like it's hilarious to watch sec media days every day and every coach go up there and talk about how we're not for pay for play, but well, then then why are you doing it, Coach? Because right. you're doing it. You're making money. You're making twelve million dollars a year, Dabo. You're doing like, it. Like, don't tell me you're not doing it because you're doing it. Right. So, what well, one final thing before we get out of here? Is it the final thing that I hope it is? Because I have a final thing too. How much do you enjoy wrecking UCF fans? That was my final thing. <laughs> It's so damn funny to me because and here's why it's funny to me. And I think it's going to be the same way it's funny to you. Because we don't give a shit. I don't they, care. It may do. Yeah. You think I'm ever going to put up a fucking poll right. on, the, on the Bearcat Journal account that is like, who do you think is going to be the first new Big 12 team to win the conference? Like, no. I don't give a shit, man. Because I think my, it's going to be us. So I don't care what you think. My favorite part of it is this guy has started a bunch of these. And we've just come in and stepped on his dick every single time. And, and, and here's the funny thing to me. Is this is something like... I've been having fun with this for months on any Twitter poll that yeah, mentions I mean, Cincinnati. The ones of like who the best the best stadium, the best game. Who has the best like, hockey jersey? The one who has like, the best it's, hockey it's jersey. A fucking Twitter poll. Who has the best paper stadium? We won. Who has the best paper stadium? <laughs> we got the best paper mache stadium. <laughs> it, it is something that the fan base has obviously like like taken to and enjoyed. The same way we've enjoyed it. If they're going to keep score, we want to win. Well, the, like, the funny, like I saw someone retweet it. Like I obviously did not see it on my own, you know. And it, it, he had put the poll up like three hours before I saw it. Yeah. And it was like seventy-eight percent UCF, thirteen yeah. percent UC. And then you tweeted it. I, and I, I tweeted, tweeted it like ten minutes later. Twenty minutes later. Eighteen yeah. minutes later. It had already flipped to like 56% UC and then went all the way up to like 70, 70 something percent. And now you got people that are like, they're just a bunch of bots. No. Nope. Like, people can't be bots. Like, <laughs> you think that like there's like Russians in <laughs> Siberia or somebody like that are at, that can click on what, what polled, what like, and they all just click on Cincinnati? We have a we have a bot farm in uh, over the Rhine 
that yeah. just votes on UC Twitter polls. Yeah, I got like 700 computers in my basement, and I just walk around and I click UC on on. They're all they all have Twitter pulled up, and I just walk around and click UC on all of them. BCJ would have so many more views, and our YouTube would have so many more views if we had actual bots. Yeah, there's money on the line. We're not botting our own videos, but we're botting Twitter polls. Why why would we farm UCF polls instead of our? It just cracks. It just cracks me up. That's why I tweeted. I was like, "You you really want to do this again?" That's like, all right, roll up the sleeves. Let's get like they really, they really want to get hurt again. And and this guy like is is beside himself. Whoever fear the Pegasus is, he's beside himself. And every time he puts up a poll with UC in it, I mean, there's if, thousands more votes. If my team won a national championship four years ago, and that's that was how the results of the poll came back, I would be furious too. I'd be looking at every excuse, every potential reason that, like, where are my people at? We are a fucking national championship football team in 2018. And they can't figure out that it's us. With our with the BCJ community, that is I mean, amazing. I they not fucking just love you guys. Look like, look, page, I, Dave, hold on, Dave, hold on. Sixteen thousand followers. Dave, hold on. I might love our community for this more than anything. Hundred percent, because because they, I think they look at it the same they, way we do. Is yeah, like, they get the joke. Is, They're in this on the is joke. Dumb, but if you're gonna do it, we're gonna dick stomp you. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> win. We're gonna fucking win. And we're gonna, I think and it was really only one time that it's like been close. I think it was Old Dominion, like Old Dominion mobilized their forces. I can't remember what it was, and and that thing came down. It was like fifty one forty nine. The reason it's so great is because we know how mad it makes them. Right. <laughs> Those goddamn Bearcat fans always fucking up our polls. Like, like they're serious. It means something. Like winning yeah. these fucking polls. And I, we're should, just like, I should just start putting up like ridiculous polls, <laughs> but don't even put UC in them. That no. would be that would be my favorite part. Yeah. Is if you started doing polls that included UCF, didn't include UC, and UCF still got dick stomped in all of them. Well, yeah, because all our fans would just vote for somebody else. Right, that's my point. That's but my I don't point. even think our fans would vote as much for a poll that I put up. No, as if instead of their polls, right? We like we like ruining other people's days. <laughs> this is very serious enterprise here. I love this community so much. It's so great. What's it say? The... Oh, I can't please. see it. He says the UCF Twitter mafia has been slacking in the polls lately. Pick it up. <laughs> I really hope that is. He's sending out the, the call. He's sending out the bat signal. That, like, I hope he puts up another poll tomorrow. Cincinnati's kicking our ass. We need to do better. We need another poll to prove how, how great of fans we are because that's that's the barometer. Well, here's the other great part. So when he put that thing up, like before you responded to it, it was like three hours. There was like 200 votes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Anytime, yeah. Anytime Cincinnati's in a poll, it gets thousands of votes. <laughs> Oh, it's it I it, it gives me so much pleasure to know that the community 
rallies around this the way that like we we want it to be rallied around the like like yeah let's have some fun with this let's let's ruin that guy's day who was the best uh g5 team of all time who gives a shit man you know the best g5 team of all time was dave one of the ones that had randy fucking moss on well i mean byu won a national championship right they they were pretty good i mean i know i know marshall and almost won the heisman i know none of these ucf fans are older than 30 or watch any football other than their games but i mean like, get out of here with your 2018, like. Here's what he doesn't understand, Dave. We've been training to win Twitter polls for a long time on these Twitter streets. Yeah. Go look. Go look. And so, go. did UCF win? Did the fucking. They're not, even, they're not even relevant enough to be in the other polls that we're winning. I mean, come on. Did the erector set. Win best paper mache stadium? Fuck no, it didn't. No, it did not. Didn't did not. Didn't didn't Nippert beat Madison Square Garden and Fenway Park in that thing? In best stadium, your nine year old makes at in school art class. Right, right. Madison Square Garden and Fenway Park. Oh my god! So great! I love it so much. They actually didn't even come in second. No, BYU. BYU is in second. <laughs> they're third. They're running third in their own poll. <laughs> Thank God this guy doesn't work in politics, man. Maybe the maybe the Dade County votes haven't come in yet. <laughs> There's hanging chads. Oh my god! I'm at, I mean. Like this it's, is it's the this best. Thing. It's my favorite thing right now. It's my and favorite this thing. This goes right back to our original topic of like this is what makes college sports great. Right. It's like ir- irrational hate for another fan base, for another program because they're your rival and 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 all like that's what makes the sport great. And I that's why I'm afraid like all these things are just incrementally like tearing well, down. Unfortunately, Dave, UCF got Cincinnati into the Big 12. So they're going to be around for a little while. They did, thanks to them. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like, I'm trying to picture. <laughs> I might go. I might go to the game this year just in case UC wins. <laughs> Can you imagine that just the the pictures? You might get murdered the, if they no, find out who you are. They'll be so dejected. I mean, they have been on high about being uc for the last three years i mean if we beat them again after nine guys going to the draft and all these like they are i mean oh boy then there's going to be some some night auditor shifts at the holiday inn that are going to be going to need to find some replacements yeah because those people aren't going to work. <laughs> I always say how I, I like Howard Johnson more than Holiday Inn. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a special special group that I don't think actually watches the sport. There's plenty outside, of hotels that need managers. Outside, yeah, outside <laughs> of their games, I think that's that's my one of my favorite parts of UC, of UCF Twitter is 
just the generalness of not knowing like anything about the sport. Right. <laughs> like think the sport started. They legit think they invented it. In like, 2017. Yeah. We paved the way. I mean oh, we won we won two one two beast one two uh piece, you know. New Year's Six games. Yeah. Or one. I don't even know. I mean, did they win two or one? I, I think they know. won two. I'll give them their credit where it's What, two. they beat Auburn? Did they beat anybody else? They beat they somebody lost, else. They lost to LSU. Didn't they beat Wake or something? Burrow. No. Baylor, maybe? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh, shit. But, yeah, please, people, never change on the poll thing because it makes both of us laugh hysterically yeah i might i might tweet at him like what are we polling about tomorrow what poll are we winning tomorrow what poll are we winning tomorrow chief here's a good one before we go okay california governor gavin newsom demands ucla publicly explain why are they are leaving the pac-12 for the big 10 (laughs) it should just be Chappelle like making it rain they just send him a gif jeff like i'm not Gonna turn this political, but like, hey, governor, I think you got bigger things to worry about. Mike Bones face over Dave Chappelle. I'm rich, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mick Cronin's face on uh, Wayne Brady. Is Mick Cronin gonna have to choke a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Aaron got out quick on that one. (laughs) We don't condone violence on this show. I, he didn't say he was going to. He was just asking if he was going to have to. Oh, yeah. Gonna have right? To. Like, but yeah, that just seems like a, what do you want me to say, governor? Right. Like, we're going. It actually turns out, Dave, that like people have gone through the thing. They don't have to check. No. With the regions to make any individual decisions like that. No. Because it doesn't, it doesn't impact the region. Like the, re- the, 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 the school. Yeah. Part of it. Like you're not not in the California the University of California system anymore because you're in the Big Ten, right? What what if they just like that becomes the new conference realignment? When that, yeah. I think it was in the the College Inquirer, the most recent College Inquirer pod, where you know, okay, we're leaving for the Ohio uh, <laughs> Ohio school system, like the Ohio, the Ohio. higher education system. Yeah. <laughs> they, they align more with our our thing right <laughs> we are now part of the texas uh <laughs> university of texas los angeles yeah it's uh <laughs> but yeah it's funny like it's great i love it all right let's 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 wrap it up that was a fun one especially good, at the end. good note to end on guys don't ever lose one of these polls please like we have we have earned our reputation here it annoys the shit out of people and i love it oh, it's yeah. outstanding we will see you next week aaron and i are going to go record a nightcap this is the holy grail bcj podcast right here on bearcatjournal.com